Hello and welcome to Game and Gadget Podcast number, believe it or not, seven. This is our second live stream and I have two special guests with me today. First of all, I have Will Judd, who's been part of Eurogamer and probably more with the digital foundry side where they dip into the modern and retro technology. And they're the, I guess they're the Fancy Pants website that gives you those fantastic videos where it shows you how good the frame rate is and the response times and how this is going to affect the game and look at real detail of those technical aspects that me and Daniel no doubt geek out at from sort of retro of old. So thank you for joining us today, Will. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, always exciting to see what your former colleagues are up to. So yes why not let's do this so me and will used to work together i have to say i didn't work for Eurogamer. it was nothing in that fancy but it was still it was uh we had fun it was quite fancy yeah you were freelancing for the company i was working (laughs) for when i was a products manager and that that were fun times weren't they well yeah yeah they were pretty good it was fun you know seeing all the new tech as it came in and uh you know learning a lot about it at the time Funnily enough, that's exactly what I was going to say about you, because you've been bringing in a new mechanical keyboard probably once a week, and then there's a new laptop, and it was like, <laughs> for me, it was like geek out mode. But anyway, Will, everybody, and now we also move on to Daniel Hughes, who is Hello. long-time friend. Uh, we actually met at college where our graphics card rivalry began, <laughs> of which we'll be discussing <laughs> in a moment, and my goodness, it really was a rivalry. We've grown up quite a bit since then, thank goodness, but still, yeah. Daniel Hughes, and he's also a professional photographer, highly recommended. He did wow. the photography at my wedding, so thanks, Dan, for that. Um, he's doing my pre-wedding shoot after the wedding, you know. COVID. Standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your website before we begin? Oh, God. Um, uh, I'm Daniel Hughes. I'm from Daniel Hughes I Photography. I mainly do weddings, but I also shoot a commercial. Um, I've just come back from uh, near Cambridge. I was shooting a build base shoot today. Uh, but mainly weddings. Um, I do still like to game on my spare time, uh, but I don't really have the time to geek out as much as I used to, which is a shame. Um, but I try, I try. Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> how you get old at the time to actually do the gaming stuff. Is yeah. uh, dwindles significantly. Yeah, it's a shame, huh? It definitely yeah. is. So, Daniel, I don't know if this has worked. I haven't actually done a screen share before. Okay. But we're going to give it a whirl because, you know, why not? Technology. Let's try it. And. I found. Sorry, I don't want to embarrass you. Oh my god! But oh wow! This is when Daniel was at college with me, and (laughs) this is when you know when you're young, you sort of get together in bedroom, you bring your computer over. Um, As you do. Do you know what? I'm more worried about that shirt and trousers combo than I am anything else that's going on. (laughs) I'm more worried about my hairy arm in the foreground that somehow crept into the shop. But anyway, moving strictly on. (laughs) That is amazing. So that's my 486 computer, which I did change the case on. So that's not the original one, but that's the newer one. We were very fancy. We had twin drives even back then. And a 14-inch CRT monitor. And that above it is Daniel's computer from the time, which had... (laughs) sticker <laughs> that is a big whacking sticker can you remember what that is of yeah that's that's the power of the r that's the apocalypse there we go. Power of the r. Yeah. <laughs> right so, well you're gonna have to i'm glad you're here and as i see this on the screen you are in between us so keep us apart just in case it gets aggressive <laughs> oh mate we we both know that i lost that competition until until uh i can't remember the brand of it but until i think it was the neon 250 came out 
and then it was a different story. But we, we I lost most of that competition. Uh, By the way, ladies and gents, he never admitted this at no, the I time. Didn't. This is the first time I've admitted it. <laughs> um, but I was, oh God, I was stubborn. I was. <laughs> Anyway, so the Power VR was in that the 3D graphics card at the time, which later went on a slight alteration of it for the Sega Dreamcast. So you yep. kind of run in the console states because 3DFX nearly ended up in the Dreamcast, but that's another story. Yeah. But to move on, and then the this? computer on the right was the one that actually had the Voodoo oh, wow. 2s in. So that was my newer computer, and that probably had, I think. GeForce DDR, just as we were getting into Transformer Lightning. Can you remember all that stuff, Daniel? Yeah. Um, look oh at the God. phone. Can you remember when we used to have a landline? But anyway, <laughs> so there's the computer on the right, and that had the Voodoo 2s in it. And if I stop screen sharing, oh. I so happen to have... Oh, there oh, it is. Show and tell. My oh, Voodoo 2. So they actually did two versions of this, an 8 megabyte and a 12 megabyte version. I was a little bit fancy pants and went for the 12 megabyte. And this was, I think, the first graphics card where you could actually twin up the graphics cards for All SLI. Right, so early SLI. Yeah, so this is when Very NVIDIA cool. purchased 3DFX and got that technology to boot as part of the process. But it was really the first 3DFX where the rivalry began. And... I've actually got my Pal VR upstairs. I should have got and got it. Oh, you should have got it. You really should have got it. It's the, only, it's the only old tech that I've kept, mainly because of you. <laughs> Just to keep the rivalry going. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I kept that going for you. But um, my gamer tag is actually Glide Maniac, which is actually something Daniel coined oh. from back in the day. So 3DFX graphics cards use the Glide API to the metal sort of graphics performance. And metal is a term that used quite a lot these days. Apple, they have to the metal and all the rest of it. But that mm. basically means is you get direct access to the power, nothing blocking it in between. And Glide was the API that did this for the 3DFX card. So if you had a game that supported Glide, and you get a bell just to confirm you've connected to Glide. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you did get the spinny that. 3DFX logo, which was always nice at the start of booting up a 3DFX game. But if you had a Glide-powered game, you knew you had the full performance capabilities. It supported Direct 3D as well, and Mini-GL, because it didn't support OpenGL flat. It had to be like a slightly... Wait, there old... was a smaller version of OpenGL? Mini-GL. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but there we go so glide maniac came out of the the argument me and daniel had and he did right. actually say once you are just sort of glide maniac and that kind of Is stuff would <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you forget that i did yeah that's great so there you i go. do remember um that the <laughs> a few of the times where i was able to claim victory was in tomb raider 2 or 1 where the, the Power VR could do volumetric fog and swimming was amazing. And I was like, <laughs> your graphics look crap and mine look amazing. It didn't run very well because it was, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Power VR certainly <laughs> had some advantages. 
<laughs> so, for example, it could do 32-bit colour or 24-bit colour. I forget which one it was exactly. It said it could, but it didn't run very well when it was running in those modes. But it, but it did it, Daniel. It doesn't matter. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what you told me at the time. This is what oh, you yeah, told me course. at the time. Anything. I would have said anything. Just to... And his water did look very nice. <laughs> <laughs> And the 3DFX was limited to 16-bit colour, so you did see some banding in certain situations with the colours. So I vaguely remember the reason why I bought the PowerVR over the 3DFX was because the guy who sold it me said, well, so you only need one card. You don't need to buy another add-on card because the 3DFX was originally an add-on card, wasn't it? And 3DFX I was like, oh, it's too, yeah. obviously better then, isn't it? it can do <laughs> All in one. Yeah. What more do you need? And wasn't the price quite appealing as well? Um, I think it was technically more expensive because it was two, but it wasn't much. I mean, I, the first card was like 90 quid. And that's, I mean, how old were we when you took that photograph? That was My first 3DFX was not 90 quid, it was 140. Right, okay. Which is still nothing, is it? it at the time it was, because it was like, well, this yeah. only does 3D. Oh, that's yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah, no 2D. No 2D at all. I paired that up with something called the Matrix Misty, which had very fast 2D performance, to be fair, and some very, very basic 3D. That's a long uh, time It ago, didn't look it? great, but it did run a little bit faster for direct 3D games. But yeah, you got the 3D effects, you put that in, and you certainly notice a difference in both speed and visual quality, having those textures smoothed and some extra graphical clout made a difference. <laughs> didn't it, Daniel? Wasn't the 3D effects great? Yes. I've never admitted it at the time, but yes, it was. This is a revelation. I'm glad we're recording this for future posterity so I can <laughs> replay these. It's going I'm to be my new text that. message ringtone. But anyway, <laughs> 3DFX was great. Um, but yeah, those were fantastic times. And having it was an important transitional time for PC games for a very long time. People went to console gaming for their fix i think for fast performance and sort of some stability pcs the specs were so varied you had, had a 486 you had a pentium you had a pentium 2 or you had a celeron or you had a cyrix cpu the you know the list was complex and compatibility was always fun this didn't get any easier by the way when the 3dfx came out there was about five or six rival different graphics cards all with their own types of implementation all that like said they supported direct 3d but it was a bit ropey but it was 3dfx that had some stability if you got a 3dfx card your chances were pretty good they were awesome they were a very good company um in terms of our gaming i think uh, it's a shame that they're no longer here but then i don't think uh power vr uh, imagination technologies they became I don't think they exist anymore. I think they're doing something else. Well, they, they branched out into DAB radios, which, you know, after, huh. after the... Makes sense. ...best of the Dreamcast, which it, it was, really, um, for the... On paper, it was awful, but it was really good. Um, yeah, they branched out. Oh, they had all sorts of problems. They, I, I ended up just going, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't know why I'm, why I'm invested in this company. From, <laughs> well, from literally or just emotionally? Emotionally. It was very it was emotionally. Right. It was definitely emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered like being quite pally with one of their um, uh, commercial managers, and I ended up getting a review sample of their 
5.1 surround sound that I, that I did a review for your website, James, a long, long time ago. Oh, which one uh, was wow. that? Gaming Attitude? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, we designed that together <laughs> in college, didn't we? That's, oh, God, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, I was quite keen on what they were doing. And, and the technology was really interesting because it was tile-based rendering. Um, and a lot of that is in modern graphics now, as far as I understand, but a, very, a little bit different. Um, but it's the first kind of, it would just show what was on the screen and all the other polygons were ignored. Right, right. Um, it's a kind of performance saving measure. Yeah. Right? So you just spend all your effort on the things that the player will actually see. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, early implementations were pretty iffy. Like, it was, <laughs> it was I think the, the idea was great. And I, and I still, I think they do it now. I mean, I really have lost touch, to be fair. Um, but I think there's a lot of binning and stuff like that now. But um, the actual getting the software to talk to the hardware bit, the drivers was the biggest issue with it all. Um, but they did fix it with the, was it the the neon, was it the neon range? I don't, mate, I don't, they did I remember you it. having neon D as a gamer tag, so yeah, it was the neon something. Well, I was so excited <laughs> that it could run uh, Unreal faster than your 3NFX at the time that I... Wow, amazing. Which is pretty that was presumably pre-Unreal Tournament. That was just Unreal. Uh, right? Or is it? No, I think it was Unreal Tournament time. Oh, the nice. original. Yeah. Back in the day. And it ran it better. Yeah, well, it ran Unreal better because we, we did a... You were really angry. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was did, probably right, But well. to be fair, it was, it was a short-lived victory because I think they just... They had supply chip supply issues, and they ended up not uh, capitalizing on the success of that uh, range, and they never created a graphics card again. I remember wow. you getting very excited over the fact that the 3DFX one, the Voodoo one, could only ever do 640 by 480 resolution. Yes, that was it. Yes. And then Daniel came along with his power of the eyes. Said, "Look, I've got all these resolutions. I've got they all these options." It rang like. Yeah, but it still, it didn't matter. It looked amazing. It didn't matter. And we yeah, spent so much time, particularly in, like playing Unreal, which is a great example. That was really when that first game, Unreal, came out. No one had really heard of anything related then. It just came out and it had this amazing box art. Screenshots were like, this can't be in the game. It was too good. <laughs> and then we got the game. Even it had a software renderer, which actually was very decent. But when Faster you put it into. <laughs> yes but, but then you put it through 3D acceleration and oh my word looking yeah it was at, awesome this is when me and Dan would just spend hours walking up to a wall and looking at the texture detail yeah. and look at the lights, look at the fog which is probably terrible now isn't it if you went back oh it's hideous <laughs> yeah, yeah Unreal Tournament still holds up I think I mean it's kind of hard to know because I'm sure I must be running some sort of mod or whatever to make it better but if you get it at like 4K and you know high frame rate and everything, like the water textures are pretty good. Yeah. Like you know, for a game from 1999, it's it's kind of amazing. Absolutely. And of all the Unreal's that had that multiplayer, that's definitely the one I'd sooner go back to out of all of oh, them. God, that game was awesome. Yeah. We actually are doing that as part of the Digital Foundry Patreon thing is that, you know, every few weeks or so we'll go and play a game together. And I think Unreal Tournament 99 has been, like, by far the most popular uh, of all the games we've tried so far. We've had, like, 20 or 30 people in there. Wow. It's been amazing. 
Oh, awesome. Gameplay still totally holds up. Still really, really fun. But we're all agreed, right? The best game mode is Capture the Flag Instant Gib. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can be the most frustrating mode when you just, for some reason, can't aim at the guy and you fluff like 20 shots in a row and then he finally turns around and just kills you. Yeah. But apart from that, it is so satisfying. It's literally so satisfying. the one and only time I've ever been in a clan. That was the only game I was actually good enough to attain sort of a clan <laughs> status and actually do some sort of moderate competitions. Oh, amazing. So were you already, you were the Glide Maniac at that point? Oh, yeah. So were, were people saying, Glide Maniac, go, go B, go, 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 go take the flag, go, go left or whatever, yeah. you know? What face? Go for the pyramid at the other side, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's that map. Okay. Yeah. Um, Go for the teleporter that puts you on the roof. It was All right, yeah, nice. Yeah, it was back in the day where being called a name bot was very offensive. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then it was also like a delight once you realised because they thought you were too good. Yeah. And you knew you absolutely. weren't using a name bot. And it was actually quite a new thing to use a name bot. That was a really new technology. Gosh. <laughs> I feel old. Let me just sit back and rest my back and my weary bones. But anyway, so yeah, Unreal <laughs> was classic game for the multiplayer, and 3DFX yeah. tied up with that was still great, even if it ran better on a Power VR like four years after anyone really cared. But that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got my revenge in the end, didn't I? Well, <laughs> the next thing, of course, was the Dreamcast. Yeah, and there were rumours, and 3DFX even released a press statement saying, "Yep." We're doing a Dreamcast. We're going to be the graphics chip in it. And apparently this all stems from conversations with Sega in America and then conversations with Sega in Japan. Uh, and I think Japan, uh, if, let me get this right, right around, I think Japan were the ones who were all Power VR and America were all 3DFX. And then basically Japan succeeded and the Power VR became the choice for the uh, Dreamcast. And to be uh, fair to the Dreamcast, tell you what, there's some great great looking games that really still you know stand True, yeah. the test of time even today and i had this interesting comparison just really recently so i've actually got myself another dreamcast because i haven't had one for years <laughs> i sold it ages ago back right. in the day i would sell a console and buy the next one sell a console yeah, and buy the next sense, one i didn't have a lot of income i couldn't just keep them all but then well, and you know the the generational leap from one to another was insane, right? Yeah. So like Absolutely. why would you hold on to the old one? Yeah, as much as I like uh, the Series X that I've got now, compared I don't have to the Xbox one. one, it's not like miles different. Yeah, it's like but it's... mostly the same, right? Yeah. Mostly the same games, just higher resolution, higher refresh rate. Not much in it. Exactly that, exactly that. With a a, a soupçon of ray tracing if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but still, uh the Power VR ended up in the Dreamcast. So I've also got a PlayStation two slim which is also quite a recent acquisition. I never actually owned a PlayStation 2 back in the day. Sorry, everyone. That was more the Sega line. Yeah, me neither, to be fair. And then I played Dead or Alive 2 on the PS2. Now, the PS2 was supposed to be quite a lot faster than the Dreamcast. So there's the Dreamcast with its Power VR chip. And Daniel will be going, yay, Power VR! And there's Sony with its <laughs> PS2 and its Emotion Engine and whatever else. Dead or Alive 2 on the Dreamcast looks better. Mm. the textures are slightly better on the ps2 blah 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 but the dreamcast has some really nice anti-aliasing technology running on that power vr chip so yeah. daniel oh. if that's your win for the day that's <laughs> it right there <laughs> nice bless you yeah that's fair enough i've still got all of my old consoles even going back to the original xbox 
that I had chipped and modded so that I've got a little fan control on the back because it's so loud that I just turned it down. <laughs> and I didn't care that it crashed after about two hours because uh, I was like, yeah, it's quiet. So it really didn't matter nice. at that point. But yeah, I still kept them all. They're all in the box. I don't know. I just can't get rid of them. I... <laughs> you need to set up a display. That seems to be like the, the cool thing to do nowadays, right? I should just have do. a beautiful glass case or whatever with yeah, all the consoles. With all the bottom. consoles. Yeah. Have a TV nearby that they're all hooked up to. Bonus points. That would be cool. Post it online. That would be cool. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I don't know if I can still... Co- I don't know if I've still got the connectors to connect the Dreamcast up with. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of the quest, I think. Yeah. You have to go and find all the old technology that that's makes it work. That's not a bad idea. But do you still have a CRT somewhere? That's that's the most difficult thing. No, days. but I think my TV does have a SCART port in it, so I should be all okay. right. I mean, it's not quite the same. But... No, no, it's not the same. <laughs> Daniel, but... trust me, plugging into a modern TV with a SCART is not the same. No. You need something like an OSSC yeah, there's lots of fancy electronic gizmos that you can get these days that kind of they just know, not upscale run the same. it. Well, the, the problem if you plug straight into a Scartner modern TV, it basically scales the image to higher resolution and it just goes blurry because it's a really bad way of doing it. Okay. So you lose all that clarity. But if you've got right. something like an OSSC, there's the RetroTINK 5X and there's all sorts. It's not cheap investments. The OSSC is by far the cheapest, but there's retro. T- if you want, if you have three hundred pounds plus spare, <laughs> go okay. for the RetroTINK 5X. It's getting fantastic reviews. But cool. if you want that clarity, you definitely need something like that. You'll be quite disappointed when you plug in and you see how blurry it is. Yeah. And then you'll spend yeah. half an hour turning off all the advanced features on the TV that makes the picture look better because <laughs> it actually makes old games look worse. Oh, that's kind of why I like my Series X because it just works. I don't have to think about it. That's yeah, really sad, isn't it? Yeah, I've got an RSSC and I've been fiddling and faffing there for months. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got myself a Sega Mega Drive, which was another console I regret selling. And it, oh, it's so fun, so fun, and it looks great. <laughs> Put it on a big TV and seeing these games. And that's when cool. I played the Sega Mega Drive originally, it would be mono sound. It was coming out of a single CRT speaker. And even oh, if wow, yeah. and even if your TV had stereo speakers, you know most people didn't connect anything fancy. It was just like the RF cable that came with the console. Mono yeah, sound, it's... baby. Terrible picture. But now I'm seeing it like, what the hell? Yeah. And there's people that will go, all oh, these jail bars, is these slight lines, and there's some interference. Oh, there's a mod for that, and there's a mod. Yeah, that's great. But still, compared to RF, this is heaven. I'm playing Streets of Rage two in stereo <laughs> it's wow. a revelation that's a that revelation is, wow. Daniel gonna have to visit my friend uh, well yeah I know we keep saying don't we but... we do we do I mean I, I mean for goodness sake it's getting a bit out of hand now I've even brought an old PC I saw oh, nice. because I, saw. I needed to test this still worked along I've got another one exactly <laughs> the same so I can do the SLI and I oh, want amazing. to do some yeah. game streams with them yeah you should that'd be amazing um, got a little bit of interference at the minute. My Mac won't do H.264 hardware encoding, so it's like eh, 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 frame rate. Uh, I'll, Google, I'll yeah. solve it. It's just one of those things where I have to spend another 50 hours figuring it all out and getting it all working how I want. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> but I've got this old, um, it was labelled as Windows XP computer. And I thought, well, this actually looks quite old. It will at least run the voodoo so I can test the work okay. 
And then I found drivers for the motherboard because it's got onboard graphics and sound for Windows 98. I thought, win. So I put Windows 98 on it, and I'm going backwards, but this is how retro gaming works. Yep. And if you want to play DOS games, and there's oh plenty God. for the Voodoo 2, wow. that's the way to do it. And I'm playing Pod Gold. And Pod is a notoriously difficult game to run. So the fact I've got that working is a bit of a win. Nice. Little Racer. I see, yeah. I never came across it in my early gaming days. <laughs> Daniel will remember Motorhead. It, uh, yeah, and they coded it so... Well, they didn't think. They didn't future think. So that when the processors got upgraded, the game would run at 600 frames per second stupidly fast. It, there, was, there was a clock problem with it. Mm. it. You just couldn't run it, could you? Do you remember that? That game was amazing. Uh, there was one track I mean, in the audio because it was Red Book Audio, CD audio. He played over and over. Wipeout as well. Wipeout. Oh, the original Wipeout was amazing. Wow. That didn't have 3D acceleration. Then that was all software. That was on the PlayStation as well, wasn't it? It was indeed PlayStation One and and the Saturn. Wow. Guess which I one think... ran better. Saturn. Wasn't the Saturn? <laughs> was it not? Again. <laughs> the soundtrack for the PlayStation was a lot better than the PC version. A was it different? Money. I think, well, maybe it wasn't, but... Well, there's a fact of the day, <laughs> ladies and gents. <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, the PlayStation's got a bit better, but that could have been... That could be me misremembering. That could have been the first game versus the second one. Ah... Uh... Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, so that would be Wipeout 2097. Great game, but the soundtrack was not as good. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. But we uh, were certainly embroiled in this technology. I mean, we talked about Motorhead, and that had a fantastic software renderer. Yeah, it did. Again, but it also supported 3D acceleration. I think there was a Glide-specific patch for that. I can't remember. But anyway... It ran great, and it looked great on both. And actually, the software renderer had some nice effects that sometimes the hardware acceleration didn't yeah. really sport in quite the same way. So it was quite an impressive game, and Unreal was the same. Was great software renderer, but if you had a 3D accelerator, even better. Great stuff. But sound was another one of those transitions where it was about that time where that was oh, yeah. taking a big leap. It was. See, Daniel's getting all nostalgic. This is good. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sound Blast. What was that company that I invested in? Oriel, was it? That's the one. Oriel 3D. Insane. Their technology was incredible. And I'd put my headphones on and just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Where this is, is what we'd call spatial audio now. Yeah. Right. Which we all take for granted. But, oh, mate, we were really at the cusp of it all. So many things, weren't we? Yeah. But, I mean, oh well. Sound Blaster had EAX, which brought reverb. So when you go into another room, you get different yeah. reverb effects and, and intensities. We, and... We'd spend ages turning it on and off and going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and we never played those audio demos over and over and over again. No, did we, we did. No, no, no we, we, did. we did. Yeah, okay. We Nothing did. better to do with our time. <laughs> I mean, what was it? EAX 1, 2, 3, and 4? I can't remember if yeah. it went any further than that. But yeah, so <laughs> I've got my Sound Blaster. Well, let me get this right. So X5 was the last one I ever brought. And it was the one before that. Sound Blaster Live. 
Oh yeah, so that's a classic. What, so that's why I've paired up with my old computer, oh, which awesome. I just happened to find in the garage, stuffed away in a box. Sat there for goodness knows how many years. So that's now with the Windows 98 machine. Wow, you can have a nice little LAN party there. Good. Uh, absolutely. If it only had a uh, Ethernet adapter in it. It's got three PCI slots, and I've filled them. Because the sound card is one, wow. and then two Voodoo 2s, which may be a bit greedy, but still. That's filled all oh, three yeah. slots. And now I've got... Darn. It actually came with the Ethernet card, but I've took it uh, out. Yeah. So you'd have to give up either half of your graphics or sound to have networking. Basically, That's yeah. <laughs> Luckily, this does have built-in sound and graphics okay. on the motherboard. Right, okay. So, in theory, but but I, I want decent? it off the pit. I don't know. I'm not touching it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it for 2D, and that's all I need it. The 3D is all the 3DFX, baby. All the 3DFX. That's awesome. I've lost a blinking plot, man. You've got to pull <laughs> me back from this latest yeah. endeavor. But it's so fun going back and playing these games. I'll have my fill for right. six months. I'll do some live streams. I'll write, do some write-ups and screenshots, and then I'll probably sell it. And then 12 years, we're back on a podcast, the three of us, and I'll be saying, I brought myself a Windows 98 machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you'll yeah. find some other picture of me looking completely weird. <laughs> don't don't even tempt me, mate. Don't even tempt me. You found a great one, actually, of me, in a terrible football shirt. You dragged me along to a... Is it his sister's birthday party? Um, are we talk, are we talking back in the day? Or are we talking? Yeah, we're my, definitely talking back in the not day. Talking my stag do. Where I, you, no, did I get you a football no, no, shirt no. then? Oh, did I get you a no, shirt no, no, no. It's years ago. I've, I've got a feeling it may have been. I may be wrong. And it was it was fancy dress. And we were going to pop in, and then we went somewhere else. And if it wasn't your sister, maybe it was someone else. <laughs> Was it Sarah's eighteenth? And I, was I dressed? Yeah, was I dressed up as a, cent, a Roman centurion? Yes. Okay, I remember that. <laughs> there we go. And you threw a football top on me because I was like, I'm not going to fancy dress. Won't but there five minutes. So you just Brilliant. yeah. Brilliant. And then you dug, and then you posted that on Facebook. And I thought, oh, yeah, memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good party. Will. So. Yes. Obviously, Digital Foundry, absolutely renowned. For going looking at all the modern stuff and all the, the yep. glamour and bedazzlement. Can I say bedazzlement? I'm gonna say it. Bedazzlement. Sure, why not? On screen. They do also look at retro technology. And that's, that's true. I, I really enjoy the videos. If you become a patron, well worth supporting. Okay, definitely. <laughs> so how is your involvement with all that, Will? Where's your... I know you've been doing a lot of the deals, finding those elusive PS5s and Xboxes, which in a component shortage age is proving to be quite difficult. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's been, that's been fun. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Where did I start with Digital Foundry, or what am I doing now? Or... Well, you can start with how you became involved with Digital Foundry, and then you can say how you found 24-7 time to monitor when these PS5s are available. <laughs> okay. So, it's a funny story, actually. Well, I mean, it kind of makes me feel kind of bad when I think about it, so that kind of works. I applied for a hardware editor job at Rock Paper Shotgun, which is one of my favorite websites for, you know, PC gaming Ooh, yeah. news and stuff. And they were looking to add a hardware editor, and I thought, I know something about hardware. You know, I've been 
obviously I have a CS degree and I've been working in mobile phone space and now I can maybe do something more related to PC gaming, which has always been my, my thing. And I had an interview and it went okay. And they asked me, oh, so do you have any ideas for sorts of stories we should do? And I was reading their website on the way there. And I remember something about maybe how games have been improved by their updates. So I just said that they should do uh, a series that they were already doing as if it was a new idea. Like, oh, you should do something about how games were improved by their updates later on. Not remembering that that was the context I had read it in. And that's oh. where I had this idea from. And unsurprisingly, I didn't get the job. Oh, but I did well enough that I think I think Rich maybe on Digital Foundry had somehow like heard that I was interested in the RPS job and said, "Hey, we're also looking for someone." So, you know, can we can we speak to this guy? And so I had a meeting in London with him and another guy from Gamer Network and we got on pretty well and he said, "You know, we're looking for somebody to do more PC stuff and to do kind of, you know, the hardware side of things and maybe you know, do you have any other ideas for doing interesting things? Because most of the Digital Foundry team was kind of YouTube focused, I would say. Like, you know, the yeah. vast majority of the team is just making YouTube stuff and then kind of corresponding articles. And Rich is kind of the only guy that will do articles without YouTube. Um, so, yeah, that sounded amazing. So I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do that. And I joined the team and then, yeah, it's been pretty crazy since then. It's been really, really fun. That's um, cool. I've, I've, I've gotten so much random, you can kind of see from, from this shot, if I move this out of the way, you can't really see, but I have like a wall of PC components that wow. I've somehow tricked, uh, companies into sending me, which oh, has been great. Amazing. When he says um, tricked is joking, by the way, please don't write in. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been really interesting. They're, they're all super cool guys and super friendly people. I was incredibly intimidated when I started and just like didn't understand how I could work with people who I'd been like watching on the YouTube. They're all totally sound guys and really nice and made me feel super welcome. And yeah, so recently I've been getting into this whole deals thing because of the silicon shortage, as you mentioned, and Xboxes and PS5s are just impossible to find. And I thought, hey, like, why don't we just start a Twitter account? And then if I find some deals or I find PS5 stock or whatever, we can tweet it out and maybe people will find that useful. And yeah, we're up to like 25,000 followers on the Twitter account. And there's like a US yeah, version. Yeah. And it's, it's been surprisingly like a really big area of growth for us as like an income, you know, source. So yeah, it's been really, really good. I mean, I don't do anything super advanced with that. Like I wrote a script which helps me take like a link to Amazon or some other store and then like wrap all of our affiliate links on it and like a country code emoji and a hashtag ad, you know, disclosure on it so that I can tweet it very quickly. But, you know, beyond that, like it's been pretty straightforward just kind of looking at discords and looking at other kind of weird sources of information to find out when stock will happen and then tweeting it out and then Normally, people are upset if it's anything other than a PS5, but, you know, <laughs> most people seem to be happy. So it's been really good. Yeah, 10 million units sold already mm. in a component shortage. Yeah. That's some going. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to think about what might have been, huh? Like, you know, if, if there wasn't a shortage and, you know, anyone who wanted a PS5 could just buy one, by now at least, 
then you know could it be like 10 million 15 million 20 million like 10 like 10 million is still a lot but like it seems like it could have been way way bigger there's still people i talk to that are like i've been looking since <laughs> you know yeah. the ps5 came out and i've just been late to every every time so oh it's rough yeah i mean it's been real rough i had a ps4 pro and i loved it yeah but I've, i think i've heard more interest in the xbox line i think the whole backwards compatibility thing and xbox oh, live yeah, so good. what so sort good. of keeps me within xbox is like that's the console i'll always go to I'll, sure, yeah. i may at some point own both but that's by the by that's just me being silly but yeah <laughs> you know xbox i've always felt comfortable with xbox and I, when i open up my xbox series x the first day hardly any games worth playing at launch True. Yep. but it's had the backwards compatibility catalog and everything ran better mm-hmm. yep. which was nice but still yeah yeah Phenomenal. you know i think what in your opinion will i'm sure daniel's mm. been watching this a little bit as well <laughs> xbox again has fallen behind and it was it was there for them to take the PS5 sure, is yeah. a monster in size. Now, I remember the original Xbox and, you know, there was emojis where... Sorry, memes emojis. There were memes. <laughs> there were emojis. Why not? Oh. Let's have an emoji as well. There was yeah. a meme and, you know, there was like a lorry carrying an Xbox on it because the Xbox was just so big that you had to yeah. transport it in such manners. And now the PS5 is like this ridiculous mammoth size. But, but, yeah, but they've been forgiven. Insane. And it's technically Maybe. the slower console with 10 point something teraflops. Yeah. And yet, generally, yeah. Uh, and I'm taking digital foundry as my source here, generally <laughs> yeah. the PS5 is performing as good as or better. What the hell I mean, has gone wrong? <laughs> I think it, it depends a lot on the games that you're looking at, right? There's definitely some games that run better on PS5, some on Series X. I think a lot of the ones straight out of the gate ran better on PS5. Um, I think I heard something to do with the fact that this was maybe down to the tools that were provided to developers early on, and maybe Sony, you know, was a little bit quicker to get you know dev kits into the hands of developers so they could start you know trying to get the most out of the console. And I think recently we've started to see a few cross-platform games where Series X is, you know, marginally ahead. It's never, ever crazy. It's always like, oh, well, it's operating with an internal resolution of 1600p versus the PS5 on 1440p or something, you know? It's never, ever, because, you know, the image is going to be reconstructed upwards to 4K anyway. Mm -hmm. So the odds of you actually noticing a difference Mm -hmm. unless you have it side by side is, like, basically non-existent. But... Yeah, I think it was out of the gate. PS5 had better, you know, developer support, and that's why they were able to kind of seize this improbable victory. I mean, but, it's great if you're a gamer. You know, there's going to be something for you, and no matter which console you get, there's much. Yeah, they're fun both to really, really strong. Yeah, they're both fantastic consoles. But again, I think Xbox has let it slip. But they've certainly brought enough game studios to try and make up for it. So if we don't get it <laughs> yep. this year, we may not even get it next year. But certainly the last few few years of that console lifespan, there should be some great first-party titles. They brought Bethesda, for goodness sake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been waiting for a new single-player Fallout for a long, long time now. I was so excited about the ideas behind Fallout 76, and it seemed like it would be a really cool combination of kind of 
you know, the base building that they really went hard on on Fallout 4 with, like, you know, co-op multiplayer and all this stuff. But just the complete absence of, you know, like, NPCs and, you know, kind of any real characters in that story was just so off-putting, I think, for, for, certainly for me and maybe for other people as well. I've heard it's turned around, though, so maybe I should check it out again. But, but Doom Eternal on Game Pass. Yeah. No, that's probably where it's Xbox is may turn it around. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are just going to maybe get a PS5 as their primary console and then just a Series S so they can dip into whatever Game Pass stuff they're interested in. That's pretty brutal. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but is that that's still a victory for Microsoft, right? Because you know, or at least a tie, yeah. because the they're still, the I'm sure, making tons yeah. on you know Game Pass subscriptions and, and everything else. So, Daniel, you got, I believe, you got the Series X not that long ago. No, I how did. are you finding it? I love it. It's actually <laughs> made me more of a console gamer than I. So I actually got a 3070 about a month before I got the Series X, and I was super excited. Well, how much did that cost, both. if you don't mind me asking? Given, again. again, the shortage of components. Oh, I, got, I, I was so lucky. I got the Founders Edition through Scan, and it was five. Oh, nice. Five, that is the way to do it. Five, four, nine. But I got both of them through uh, control, Discord server control I'll x or something similar to what you're doing now with digital foundry mm, yeah and i'm just yeah, looking at those discords i am lucky enough to work from home so that i can be in well you're not everyone's things... working from home mostly well yeah that's true <laughs> yeah true but um you're you normally know, working I, from home i guess i've just been lucky in that when it's popped up i've been on my phone because you know i've had nothing to do yeah you know uh, but anyway yeah. um the series x has actually, <laughs> actually made me more of a console gamer than I have been in a long time. And it's mainly just because of the accessibility of everything being easy and Game Pass and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I seldom play on my PC since I bought it. Um, it's really weird. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a strong review, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I did toy with getting a PS5, but I think... I don't really know. I, I kind of, whichever one came first, whichever one was available for me to buy was the situation. Um, yeah, sure. So you got a 3070. 3070. And I rarely use it. Yeah, I've got a 2070 wow. Super. And I will use I mean, it for the video edit for this later. And that's about it. <laughs> I haven't played many PC games. I mean, I bought um, Cyberpunk. Come in. And mm -hmm. it runs a bit like a hog even on the 3070 so i was a you know it's, it's really it, wow damn. it's probably the fact it's it's still pretty like i've still got it at two, yeah. 2k but there are certain scenes where it but i'm running on a i don't even know what my processor is it's next 299 so it, it's oh, right. a few generations yeah, old. maybe that's maybe that's yeah. the reason yeah it's not it's it's fine for what i do but there are certain yeah. scenes where you'll drive drive through underground and it'll just the frame rate will just die it's um, just like pavia all over again yeah it really is <laughs> you're boosting the graphics too far beyond its capabilities probably again. <laughs> probably um i'm just yeah. going, i'm just going with whatever it says i should go but i mean apart from that game being buggy anyway it, it's beautiful um mm. uh, something that's still playing the pc and i have i did get red dead 2 in the epic sale but i ended up looking at it going, this is going to come down even more in the next few years. I haven't got time to play this. So I refunded it. I was like, oh, carry on playing on my Xbox because it's cheaper. Wow. <laughs> it's really bad, isn't it? 
Well, whatever works, right? And that yeah. is it. I think, you know. It just yeah. works. It does. And that... So, yeah. I've had the... Is it... Which one's the Xbox? See, I don't even know what, what I'm on. I've got the white one, the series... S. The generation before. Yeah, the S. Um, and the difference just in speed of load times, I think, is, ah. is for me. So, you talk about you've got the Xbox One S... Yes. With its mechanical yeah, hard drive. Yeah. Yes, and the Series yeah. X. And the load times. I'm not necessarily bothered about because I've only got a 1080p uh, TV. Like, with SCART. With a SCART cable, yeah. <laughs> I think it's got three HDMI cables. In, and I don't, um, so I'm not really too bothered. Like, of course, the graphics are better, but it's the load times that make it. Like, joining yeah. games and quick resume is also pretty impressive when you when you use it yeah it's super handy isn't it yeah. especially if you're in a household where like it's more than just you playing games the fact yeah. that you can just be like oh here do you want to play this yeah yeah go for it yeah then, i have you know, noticed you, know, you can go back exactly like that yeah i have noticed with forza though if i don't know if this is common with all quick resumes but if my son's playing forza and he's on quick resume mm. if, if then i try and log in it has to cancel his quick resume Oh, right, because it's the same game. Yeah, uh, which is fair enough. Like, I suppose, yeah. It doesn't take too long to load anyway, so... It's an but SSD. Yeah. Exactly. Makes all the exactly. difference. A, a pretty yeah, generous definitely. SSD. So, Will, what do you make of the difference there? Because that's, again, quite a different approach. Sony's gone with their... In fact, it's only on this beta firmware that you're able to yeah. actually install your own SSD. And is it PCI yep. Gen 4, whatever it is, it has oh, to wow. be? Uh... Yeah, that's right, yeah. It needs to be Gen 4. And then it has, yeah, a crazy amount of requirements. I think half of which you can basically ignore, because they were like, oh, you can't have a, you know, a it needs to have a heatsink, first of all. And okay. the SSD and the heatsink can't be more than 11.25 millimeters tall. But then I found an 11.4 millimeter heatsink and ssd combo that just works and fits so i don't know if there's some ticking time bomb in my ps5 now that is just gonna explode unexpectedly because the ssd just got too hot or whether they're just being super super conservative and saying you definitely need a heatsink it definitely needs to be this size it definitely who knows but yeah it's been really fun actually just like buying every kind of random heatsink on amazon and just putting it on and seeing like oh this one fits great or, oh, this one definitely does not fit. And then trying to work out the uh, yeah, the recommendations we can make based on that. Because, yeah, these, these drives are not cheap. They're like, no. you know, 150 quid at the lowest for, for a one terabyte model. So, yeah, I think a lot of people will be looking at that and thinking, oh, crap, I really got to choose the right one here. I can't just buy anything and hope for the best. You know? Well, one terabytes for the Xbox Series S and X, where it's, they've made it simple as in it's just something you, you plug in. It's almost like yeah. a little cartridge thing you plug in with the SSD on it. Yeah. But, you know, one terabyte, what was it, 200 and something pounds? Unless you're lucky enough to get Yeah, I think it's 170 production. at the very best. Can I have a look at Amazon? That's almost yeah, a console, Will. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Because yeah. if you have a look at the Series S, it has less storage space than the Series X, right? 512 gigs. So, yeah. So if you're considering getting that and then you think later you're going to get 
you know, the one terabyte card, that's basically as much as a Series X. Mm -hmm. So why not just get a Series X and have, you know, the extra storage and the extra graphical horsepower and everything? So that's the one thing that makes the, the Series S look bad. That's exactly <laughs> why I went for the X. It's not. Nice. It's not. It was the faster one. But anyway. But that... Oh, and the fact you can actually buy one is, is also yeah. is a pretty good point for the uh, Series S. Yeah, I got. The, I was lucky to get my order in about f four minutes after the launch time. Nice, wow. yeah, that, that was the best way to do it, it turns out. It really wasn't <laughs> in the sense of I was actually on holiday. Oh. I, was in, ah. I was in a static caravan. Or was it a chalet? It may have been a chalet. But it was that right. sort of, you know... Bed up in one room, it was bloody like freezing, but that's Where? another story. And yeah, the internet was shockingly bad, but I found a small corner I could huddle in. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, I've got my laptop with me, I'll tether. Oh, wow, and nice. I tethered. So, four minutes in, I ordered mine, I think it was from Curry's, and I got it on launch day, thankfully. Nice, but yeah. I thought, I've got to be in with a shab. Even then I was nervous because the demand was that high for that and the yeah. PS5, which I think was a little bit after, was it before or after the Xbox? I think it was a week before, maybe. I think the thing with the PS5 as well was that they kind of announced that it would happen the next day, but then actually retailers just started taking orders immediately. So there's just like a mad rush at like 10 p.m. to like suddenly like, oh, quickly buy a PS5. Yeah, so that was chaotic. Yeah, I remember that now. But then the Xbox fun. one was quite chaotic because you could get it with, is it Klarna? We could get it on a 24-month Oh, credit. yeah, you could get it Xbox And it would access. come a Game Pass. Yeah. And it was just, it was That's like, actually what I did in the end because it was the only way yeah. I could get it. Yeah, at launch you couldn't. Yep. <laughs> right. You were meant to, but, but the pages didn't work and it didn't work for days uh, and days yeah, and yeah, days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is was... always the problem when you have like one retailer that can do it. Is that yeah. <laughs> you know, the demand will just be crazy, and if their system falls over, then oh, okay, you can order it. Too bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I'd, you'd hope we'd learn from this, but you know yeah. we keep repeating these things where they'll put something for pre-order, and they'll say from twelve o'clock, from four p.m., from whatever, and those sites are taken down. <laughs> the crash. You get so far, yeah. and you think, oh, I've got to page three of the checkout process. Uh, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Generates interest. Yeah, there's though, nothing worse. Oh. Yeah. You have something in your basket, and then the page just reloads, and then you don't have it in your basket anymore. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's gone. But again, we, we don't learn. And it's like whenever you watch one of these conferences, the video conferences, and of course, this year, it's all been video conferences to share what the new developments are in Microsoft sure, yeah. and Sony and whoever else. But still, the demand is higher than what they can provide. So what is this? We've got a 4K stream. Great. I'm sure it'll look great. Watching it at 480p. <laughs> yep. Mm. Uh yeah, it's, it's rough, isn't it? Especially when they're showing off these beautiful next-gen graphics. And then <laughs> you can just see, like, four pixels just waving limply. Yeah. Like, oh, the blocky mess. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So when people were saying that Halo Infinity looked awful, I said, yeah, because you're watching it on 480p, mate. That's why. <laughs> well, then I saw Sadly, it didn't look no, that much better. Yeah, exactly. But it looks Sadly. better but now, thankfully. Now... Yes. Yeah, did you get into the beta to, to, to play it, or the alpha, or whatever it was? I completely forgot. 
<laughs> I did oh, it a day before, and therefore you can imagine I didn't get in. But right, again, yeah, Digital Foundry, I watched their technical analysis, and they say <laughs> it's greatly improved, so I'm going to go with their verdict yeah. and give it James, based on Digital Foundry's analysis, stamp of approval. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it, it, I got in, luckily, and I played a little bit. I think only when they... I think they added maybe multiplayer, like proper multiplayer, uh, right at the end. But I just played the co-op bit, and that was really fun. The bots were really good. Graphics were really nice. It ran pretty terribly. It was on like 60 to 70% utilization of both CPU and GPU, which shouldn't ever happen. So there must be something weird going on there. But apart from the performance being a little bit, yeah, it was, it looked really good. And the gameplay seemed really fun. I'm, I'm actually really excited now. And me and Daniel remember when multiplayer games started having bots. Mm. Wow. I yeah. think Unreal, again, it's Unreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah UT probably, yeah. 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 The original Unreal had bots. That was it. Much you know, deep. I went back. I went back and played UT, like, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago when we started playing it in, in the DF uh, Patreon, and still a really good single-player game. <laughs> if you ever have a few minutes, you know, try it out. And and UT 2004 as well. It really expanded on the formula where you could, you know, buy your own teammates and stuff. Really, really fun. Yeah, that, Daniel. You can buy yeah. your own teammate. Yeah. Which is basically how I got you to do a LAN party. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day where we had to bring computers around in the car I remember yeah. one LAN party we did uh, oh. we went over to your house and uh, there were meant to be four of us there including you I turned up mine worked straight off the bat with its voodoo tees <laughs> and I was playing Star Wars Racer while I waited for you lot at 1024 by game. 768 which was the maximum resolution you could do in SLI because it was 800 by 600 <laughs> if you didn't have the two cards combined. But anyway, so, so we were dazzled at that. And twice the fill rate, you know, twice the fill rate. But anyway, um, you were all set up. And then one guy's wasn't even set up completely. And we were swapping graphics cards and all sorts to get that work. And then one guy didn't show up. Yeah. Wow. That was the Inside worst lamp party. party, except <laughs> we cheesed a little bit. We played Total Annihilation. We did. Oh, which oh, is a, nice. it's great. What, what would you say? Real time strategy? Would you class it as? Yeah, yeah. It was well, one of the like a futuristic yeah. one, yeah. and you go around right. and you, with your mechanical bot, you'd walk around, you'd build your resources, or you'd harvest resources, and then you'd build your attacking force, both air and land and sea. And it was me and you, and we played this poor other guy, yeah. who had then <laughs> AI. Or a bot, however you want to describe it. Oh, right, okay. As his cooperative partner. <laughs> we obliterated him because we just went mad on... You went all land, I went all there, and then we just flew in. And I, we were expecting a big sort of defensive line. No, we just went in and just obliterated him. He was he? Bless him. No, well, he, he had no bad. air defences, I remember. He had a row and tanks. God, how can I remember all of this? He had a row of <laughs> tanks. No air defense, except for maybe two missile launchers, and that was it. So when I went over with my 50 planes, he didn't really stand much wow. of a tank. This poor guy. And then you came over with your 50 tanks, and that game over. That's all I can remember wow. from the LAN party. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah. So it was worth hauling your CRTs over there to uh, yes. <laughs> administer oh, this. Before the days yeah. of LC. Look, leave these days. No, I'm not going to go that far. But yeah, lifting a CRT <laughs> was no fun. No, no yeah. fun at all. 
You had to be committed. So when we're playing Xbox Live these days, which is hilarious, we hardly ever do. No, we don't. But yeah, it was hard work doing a LAN party. Just lugging everything yeah. around. And then on the journey, you could guarantee that something would get slightly dislodged. And then yeah. you'd be spending probably half an hour thinking, what, what's dislodged? So you take the RAM out, you'd be, ju- ju- what would you call it, jostling your <laughs> GPU, see if that had slightly come apart. And then oh, you'd realise the power extension had come loose or something. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fun Classic. days. Fun days in time. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's been an hour. We should probably call it a day there. We could probably talk for hours, but we, sure. we'll cut it here. So thank you for joining me. Daniel You're Hughes, welcome. plug thank your you. website one more time, my friend. Uh, DanielHughesPhotography.com. No gaming, unfortunately. It's all wedding photography. I'm sorry. Can you take some nice pictures of your game consoles that you have neatly arranged in boxes? I will. Yeah, okay. Power VR is obviously going to be the first thing he takes a shot of. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I want to see it in all its glory. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll send you that. Thank you. And Perfect. Will, Eurogamer, Digital you. Foundry. Yep. Script writer That's... extraordinaire. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And thank you, everyone, for watching Game and Gadget Podcast number seven. <laughs>